Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan. This week, I am joined by one of my favorite locals. Favorite locals because she represents such an amazing business in the heart of downtown New Albany. It is Amanda Mulveen from Dress and Dwell, the wonderful boutique that I know you've heard of before. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad we were finally able to get together today. I know we both have crazy schedules and we finally got it uh, on the books. So thanks again for having me. This is I know. So I've been tr- I think I've been trying to get our schedules together since before lockdown, I will say, but like I started the podcast literally the week before we went into lockdown and quarantine because I knew when I started this podcast, it's a village of moms supporting moms, but really women supporting women. And you're definitely one of those women in the community that I look up to and respect so much because you're an entrepreneur and you started doing something before most people ever had the guts to do something, which is of course, starting a downtown or starting your own business your own brand and then starting it in downtown New Albany and you really you're one of the first anchor stores down there I feel like Oh, gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say we were the first, but um, there were, you know, a few other shops that sort of um, led the way. And then we jumped in and did something a little bit different. And I think it was something our community needed. And New Albany has been so very good to us. We um, just hit nine years and we are walking through. We've seen our ups and we've seen our downs and, you know, we've seen a pandemic now. So if we can get through this, I think we might be here for a while. (laughs) Nine years? Nine years. It is wild. Well, when you have your 10-year celebration next year, I am coming to the party. (laughs) We are going to do it big, let me tell you. I I cannot wait. I mean, I would say out of the last at least five derbies, derby seasons, at least one to two of my dresses have come from Dress and Dwell. You guys are my like go to that iconic derby look. I mean, you guys have created yourselves as being the go to place, I feel like. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. And I think you've definitely helped with that. I absolutely love seeing you uh, trackside in Dress and Dwell. And I love uh, getting that call from you, asking when you can come in and we can dress you from head to toe. And it is honestly one of our favorite things, derby season and being able to dress um, the girls in town for derby season. So let's take a step so thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Trust me. Some of the looks are like my mo- most favorite dresses of all time. And they sit in my closet and I just keep looking at them going, I'm going to figure out a way to wear these again. I know they look like I should be walking through the cobblestone roads of Churchill Downs, but I don't care if I have to wear them to Sunday brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Let's rewind a little bit more to figure out how you got to where you are today, celebrating nine years of a successful business in downtown New Albany that you helped create. So Amanda, did you grow up in the Louisville area? I grew up in Southern Indiana. So I grew up um, out in Lanesville. Very familiar. Um, And honestly, New Albany was very, uh, there was nothing really happening at the time. We never came downtown for anything. We always went to Louisville. If we wanted to go to dinner, we wanted to go shopping. So it is amazing to see what has changed in Southern Indiana and New Albany specifically. And I am so happy to be a part of it. People are familiar. Lanesville is the town between Georgetown 
town in Corden. I drove through Lanesville last Friday, in fact, and it's a tiny little town. I mean, Lanesville Heritage is obviously the biggest thing that people know it for. (laughs) But other than that, I mean, I feel like you can drive through the town in about two minutes. Yeah, you might not even know you went no. through it. So <laughs> you see the little I don't even know, do you call it main it's not Main Street, but there's like those little businesses, the the general store and there's a liquor store there. I don't even know. I just know that like that's how you know you drove through Lanesville. You see those things and you're out. Yeah, it's a very cute little downtown, but there's not a lot there. Uh, my family is in the farming business, so we grew up on a farm. Um, what kind and of farm? It was a wonderful hunt. My dad is in the cattle business, so livestock. Are they still in that? Uh, yes, my brother is now as well. And so they're still in Lanesville? It's a long, long they are correct. So how does a small town Lanesville girl growing up on a cattle farm end up in the fashion industry? Uh-huh, that is a great question. You know, I think it comes from a long, long line. You know, I went to see my grandmother. Uh, she's in a nursing home now. And every single day she still gets up. She gets ready. She puts her jewelry on. She has always loved fashion um, and shopping. And, you know, my mother was the same way. So I think it's just a very, very long line. So you grew up in that household where like your your mom, your grandmother, they put themselves together and took pride in their appearance every single day. Absolutely. And you know, my mom, she would never, you know, things have changed a little bit and people wear active wear, but she would never leave the house in sweatpants or workout clothes. She has always been one to get ready and, you know, feel good for the day. Have you watched the Marvel? So I've always, you know, even her, um, night, her nightgowns match, you know, she's always put together. Have you seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I have, and it is too cute. So I was, when I was watching that, like in the very first season, the whole mentality that like the women even like wore makeup somewhat to bed. And then after their husband fell asleep, they would run away and go take off their face and then get up before them and get ready again. And like, we're always put together. I think with older generations, not that it was maybe as severe as marvelous Mrs. Maisel made it out to be in the heart of New York city. But I think there was still some of that mentality. And I growing up, I don't even remember my mom ever. She was not putting on makeup and putting on jewelry every single day, but there's no way my mom would have ever gone to the store in sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. My mom was the same way. And it's funny that you, you bring that up. My, um, my mother-in-law said that her mother would actually do what? that. She would get up for, she would get up before her husband left for work and get ready. And she was actually a stay at home wife. <laughs> so <laughs> she had nowhere to be, but she got still got up and got ready every single day. You know, I, that's again. I, I think I just started watching that show, by the way, in the last like month. And I remember the one time that she was with her husband and he woke up and because she overslept and he was like, is this what you always look like in the morning? And like that revelation that, oh, my gosh, she's actually getting up and getting ready, which I mean, obviously, 2020, uh, my husband can probably count on two hands how many times he has seen me put together since March. I should probably change that. But not normal. Uh I am not far behind you. That is for sure. (laughs) So you had a great example of just wonderful women right in front of you with your mom and grandmother. Are you still close to them? 
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We just went, you know, I'm with my mom all the time. We talk every day. She sends me pictures and says, if you were my neighbor, we don't live too far apart, but you know, we would love to be next door neighbors. Um, and then I definitely see my grandmother a decent bit. She's in a nursing home, so it's a little bit harder, but I took the kids out there last week. Um, we actually got them dressed up to go visit her and she adored it. And so did all the other little ladies there. They love to see little kids in their in their Sunday best. Oh, of course. They love to see little kids in general and to see them all dressed up like that. That's probably the highlight of their month. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. So you with the examples that you had with your mom and grandmother, did you end up going to school for fashion? I did. I went to Indiana University for apparel merchandising. And then um, I graduate. Once I graduated, I moved to Chicago and I ended up going back to school for um, interior design when I lived in Chicago. Wow. So I guess I just decided I hadn't had enough uh enough schooling. So I went back and, you know, um, for another passion of mine. And so today I sort of bring together both of those with dress and dwell. We do mainly clothing and gift, but I'm always, you know, trying to incorporate some home, um, with gift and we do some small accessories and I would, you know, love to do more one day. So we well, shall if anyone see. follows you on Instagram, you certainly post a bunch of stuff about your house and you obviously have a knack for not a knack you're educated in interior design. Did you thrive in college where you obviously you went to school for uh, twice uh, post high school? So did you enjoy your college experience at IU? I briefly went to IU before I actually came back down to Louisville to do radio. So I love and adore blooming. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. I mean, time of my life. It was amazing. Amazing. I'm very thankful for that experience. I feel like IU is that quintessential college experience you think about with the, the stone or the brick walkways and the stone buildings with like the gargoyles on the top. And then of course with Kirkwood, I mean, come on, you, it's the definition of a good time. <laughs> It definitely is. And, you know, I, I feel, I hate it for those, for the kids today, you know, having to go through college, uh, in a pandemic, it's just such a different experience. I'm sure. Oh, completely. Oh, I like, I think about that all the time with the class of 2020 graduating, going to college. I mean, some colleges being all virtual. I've been happy to see that most colleges have done a mix of in-person virtual, but either way, your entire college experience is being affected. <laughs> affected. Absolutely. It's wild. But who isn't affected this uh, day and age? Exactly. Right? They're just learning to adapt and change. Um, so when was your, when did you end up meeting your husband? So I met him once I, I think it was like the month that I moved back from Chicago. I lived in Chicago for several years after college. And then, uh, once I moved back, I actually met him, um, at his warehouse here in Louisville. And it was just a random, um, a random spare the moment thing that, um, ended up, you know, turning into, into marriage, which is pretty crazy. So when you say you ran into him at his warehouse, what does your husband do for a living? He is a furniture wholesale, um, distributor. Okay. So were you shopping for yourself or shopping for a location? What made you go to the warehouse that day? <laughs> 
So it's sort of a random. So I had just moved back from Chicago. I had not yet started dressing well. I had the plans of it, but my mother's salon um, had a fire and they were moving to a new location and renovating and designing the space. So I helped her design her new salon and we were actually headed to Ikea uh, one Thursday afternoon um, because so many salons get a lot of their fixtures from Ikea. And it was like three in the afternoon. She said, Amanda, I don't think we have time to get to Cincinnati and back. I heard about this place in Louisville. We should go check it out. I said, oh, mom, like, you know, I just come back from Chicago. Like, there's nothing like that in Louisville. So we, um, I said, all right, what? I, that's fine. Let's go check it out. And we went there and I was just in awe and I was amazed. And um, it, you know, it was furniture wholesale and antiques and ended up, I guess, apparently Jason at the time, you know, it's not his job. It, you know, he doesn't work with customers a ton. He has his sales staff for that. Um, and he ended up helping us the whole time. So, um, you know, I guess he was uh, slightly interested or, um, so from there, you know, the story goes that my mom kept, my mom kept sending me back for more, uh, wall sconces for her salon because she also thought it was a good match. So, you know, she says she still has wall sconces floating around that never got used. <laughs> That's adorable. So, um, after several wall, sc wall sconces later that led to w we should go out on a date. <laughs> It did. It did. Yes. You got that right. And you know, it's funny. We now collect wall sconces. So <laughs> wall sconces, keeping marriages together. I love it. So how long have you and your husband yeah, been together? Yeah. Uh, we have been married uh, five years. Was it a, well, considering his profession, your profession and background, I can only imagine the glamour that was your wedding. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It was quite funny. We ended up getting married in um, Charleston, South Carolina. We wanted to do a destination wedding and we had traveled there together and I grew up going there and we just loved it. So we actually, um, you know, like most antique dealers do, you take a um, trailer everywhere you go. So we loaded up his trailer and his father's trailer and we took all of our own wedding furniture to our wedding. So, okay. I didn't know that. So Antique, based on his job profession, you take a trailer just in case you find something? Yeah, exactly. You just never know what you might find. So, oh my gosh, that's hilarious, but that completely makes sense. If you find a beautiful couch, a beautiful dresser, it's not like you can just ship it back home and, and without paying hundreds of dollars. So you might as well just carry your own trailer. So you brought in your own yep. wedding furniture. So does that mean you set up everything for your own wedding too? I think our family somehow got enlisted to help that day. Um, but we did have a wedding planner that, that did some of it. But, you know, my uh, husband's family, they are movers and workers. They're all in the antique business. And they were there that day moving tables and chairs. So we are thankful for you that. A destination they, don't, they don't know how to quit still. So. <laughs> so you mentioned a destination wedding. And you guys, I know, travel a lot. Again, this is just based on me watching your social media. You guys have traveled all around the world together, haven't you? We have. We have been quite a few places. It's, you know, been a while. We were actually just looking a year ago 
um, last week we were in France, um, doing some buying for my husband's job and, you know, going to antique markets and different dealers. And of course we have not been anywhere in a very long time, like most people. So I am itching to get back and go somewhere, anywhere. Do you have like <laughs> a favorite place to go with him? I mean, I know you said Charleston was one of your favorite places to go together, but do you guys have, even though you travel a lot for work, do you have go-to destinations for personal too? I mean, I would say we, we, love to travel abroad um, and go to France. That's probably one of the places that we have been together most often. Um, but really, we like to try new places. Um, and, you know, just we we sort of do trips a little bit different. Uh, it's funny. I always say I can't get my husband to go on a trip unless it involves work. So um, whenever we do travel, you know, there is definitely some kind of antiquing. Involved. Do you guys have something on your bucket list that if you could travel somewhere that you've never been tomorrow, where would you go? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. I have a lot of them. I know my husband gets to travel a lot more than I do and has been to many places, but um, he would love to go to oh, Russia. Wow. I know that's one of his dreams um, to, to see what kind of antiques that they have there. I think it's just not as easy to export anything from Russia. So he likes a good challenge. My husband and I, our 10-year wedding anniversary is coming up in November. And we... Thank you. We were originally going to try to go to Europe for our 10 year, but then got pregnant and have a little one. So having a tiny baby is not really the best for going on some European travels um, and being away that long. We're still planning it hopefully sometime within the next two years, only because I know you're so well traveled and I don't usually go down this <laughs> path when I'm podcasting. But where should where would you recommend someone to go if they've never been to Europe before? Where should they go? Oh, that is a really tough question. I mean, so many places that you can't go wrong. And I think it depends on what kind of trip you want. Do you like to go to the beach? Are you more of a city person? Do you like places that most people travel to? Or do you like to kind of go off the beaten path? I feel like the first time we go there, we probably need to be the more traditional tourists. And I know, for instance, city-wise, I have to see London. I've spent way too much time watching way too many stories and movies filled with things in London. So like, I want to go to London, but I even want to see the countryside, like the super old fashioned countryside and pubs and stuff like that. But my biggest dream, I feel like, is Italy and Greece. Outside of that, I feel like those two places are the ones that I have always just thought if I could go anywhere at any time, I have to see those places. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those places. London, I actually studied abroad in London and it is a ma it is a gorgeous, amazing city and it's super easy to get around, obviously, because it's English speaking. Um, I mean, I think you just, you, you probably ought to just pack up the kids and go for a whole month. That's what I suggest. We'll just, we'll take a summer <laughs> off. Yeah, there you go. Take a sitter with you so you can get a week. Can you speak uh, languages you know. considering how much you've traveled? I don't at all. I wish I did, but no. So no, no, no. So you and your husband got married five years ago and you all have now a, a daughter who your daughter's your oldest. Is that correct? Uh, no, Finn, Finn is, is our your oldest. oldest. Okay. So how old is Finn now? And then Ada is, he just turned five. So it's in preschool. And then, um, 
He is in preschool. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then um, Ada just turned six. And you know what's funny? I think I got our um, anniversary wrong. We've been together six years. <laughs> it's okay. Now that I... Uh, now that I say how long, how old Finn is. So, you know, <laughs> so you have two children and I feel like, again, they've become little world travelers too, haven't they? Yeah. You know, not as much as we would like. Um, it gets a little bit harder and trickier, but we have, um, we have taken, we did take Finn with us when he was, um, Gosh, I think he was like six months and we did a month in France and it was such a, such a neat experience. So we are really looking forward to the time that we can take them both back. What was the hardest part for you and your husband transitioning to the life of parenthood, considering you guys certainly traveled a lot, you were your own entrepreneurs. What, what was the hardest part about transitioning to that for you guys? It definitely work schedules and travels. It definitely is harder on relationships um, and trying to just juggle it all. Um, it, it for sure can be challenging, but you know, we've made it work and we try as much as we can to go on work travels together. Um, you know, we'll usually do Atlanta uh, merchandise mart and high point furniture mart we'll take the kids along with us so that they can sort of, you know, not be away from us, but also have a little bit different experience and see what it is that we do. I was going to say, I feel like they're with you guys often, especially when you're on your antiquing trips. I feel like they, I, again, this is all through me watching your adorable Instagram stories, but I see them like in the antique stores or like picking something out or <laughs> having something specific that they enjoy too. Like, I feel like they're already going to have a good eye for stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. We shall see. I know Jason's dad had him selling like the first thing he sold was chiclets from Tijuana on the school playground. <laughs> so I'm sure Finn will be selling something too. And Ada, who knows? <laughs> so did they start back to school this year? Or did, no, 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 no. Yes, they are. They did. They're in preschool? Yes. They are in preschool. Yes, they are in preschool. And they are loving it, loving it. Um, you know, we weren't, we, it was uh, kind of a tough decision during a pandemic. Um, but they are back in school and, and doing really well. We're very happy. That's awesome. So let's go back to nine years ago. You said when you got back from Chicago, right around the time, probably roughly you met your husband too, you had the idea for Dress and Dwell. So when you were in Chicago studying interior design, where did the idea for Dress and Dwell come together? You know, I can't even like pinpoint it exactly. It just kind of all fell in place. I knew I wanted to open a store one day. It had been sort of a long dream of mine since, you know, I was probably in high school. I think I got voted like in high school, most likely to own my own business. What a superlative to get. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I come from a long lamp long line of family, um, you know, everyone in my family owns their own businesses. So I think it just naturally, 
uh, happen that way. Honestly, everyone in our immediate family is an entrepreneur, so it's a long line. Um, but the idea for dress and dwell just sort of happened. Um, I knew I wanted to somehow combine the two, both of my degrees and took it to its simplest dress and dwell. And, um, while today it's gone a little bit more towards the clothing end, we still try to, um, incorporate a little bit of the dwell as well. So when, when you were starting to figure out you wanted to do your own store, how did you end up at, in New Albany as your home? Yeah. So I, you know, was sort of getting that. I had the idea and I started the business plan when I was in Chicago and I just thought it's never going to happen here. I was young and the expense of starting there was not feasible. So I ended up moving back home and I actually wasn't even sure it would happen here. Um, but I honestly couldn't find a job when I've moved back. And I was like, what the heck? you know, what do I have to lose? I might as well just go for it. Um, and my uncle owns buildings in new Albany and had started, um, buying them and sort of renovating them and leasing them. And I was really looking sort of like in the Nulu area. And he said, you know what, you should really give new Albany a try. And so I took it back to my Indiana roots and here we are. New Albany has been a a blessing. Honestly, I think our, our downtown really needed some love and it has definitely come back to life and thriving. It really has. And I mean, if people aren't as familiar with Southern Indiana, new Albany went through a period where there wasn't much, much of anything in the downtown area. I mean, I think there was like Schmidt's furniture and a couple of other little places. Some old furs, yeah. But it was it, some antiques. Yep. But no one went down there to have fun. And it has obviously it has changed immensely within the last 10 to 15 years. Like it now is like a little Nulu, if that's what you're familiar with, or like a cute little trendy part of town with locally run businesses and restaurants and bars still has the antique stores and the furniture stores. But I mean, it is such a charming area. And I'm so glad I feel like when you guys went in there, that's when I started remembering businesses turning around in downtown New Albany. Yeah. And you, you know, you see so many people have really taken pride in our downtown, um, you know, from the people who come to visit and then the people who own the buildings, you know, so much has changed and they have renovated them and it is a beautiful, beautiful downtown. Um, and you know, we have, we do also get, you know, destination shoppers, um, and people traveling from out of town that'll take a, a girl's day trip and walk around downtown. There's a lot of VRBOs as well, and people will make trips out of it. So it's really, really neat to see. When you started Dress and Well, were you able to start that? Was, were you on your own or did you have a partner? I was on my own. That's awesome. I started very and I thought I could do it all myself, you know, back before I had kids and I had no commitments and I could be here 24 seven, but I quickly realized I needed more help. So, um, you know, I eventually hired employees and it was the best decision I ever made. I cannot imagine. That's always been my thing about people who run their own businesses. You can't call corporate. (laughs) You can't call somebody else like you are the one creating the team 
Absolutely. So it really is about finding a great team, people that believe in the business, that love it as much as you do and feel like business partners. What do you think is the hardest part about owning your own business? Oh, what is the heart? Oh gosh. I would say guilt, sort of feeling, um, guilt all around. You get, you know, you have business guilt, you have mom guilt. You can't be everywhere at one time, but, and you know, I, I feel like the pandemic has honestly sort of helped me feel okay that I can't be everywhere at one time. So, you know, I always wanted to spend more time with my kids and it kind of the pandemic forced it to happen and under and knowing that I have good employees and I don't have to be there every single second. But, you know, you feel it on all sides. Like you feel guilty if you're not at work. You feel guilty if you're not at home. So I don't know. I think it's the, the guilt and the balance. <laughs> Is definitely I the didn't hardest. even think about it that way when you said, um, when I asked what the hardest part was, but I mean, given that it's your store, your, your brand and stuff like that, feeling guilty that you're not there with your business. I say baby for lack of another word, but I mean, that was your baby at one point and you found up. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's a female thing or not, but I mean, mom guilt is so real and I can't imagine feeling that with my business too. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. I mean, I certainly feel it from like, for instance, right now, I've been working from home for six months. But like, in the last 30 seconds, I just heard my baby cry from the other room. And I like, I get that ping of, I should be I should be taking care of her, even though I know I'm working and I need to work. But I mean, there's it. It's very hard to find that balance. It really is. Yeah. I think all moms definitely feel it. Even if you don't own your own business. I know a lot of people feel it towards their work. I'm sure. Oh, guaranteed. And I mean, you're right. I have been so fortunate in the pandemic and the fact that I usually am at work and I'm not usually at home and at least in the other room for my kids, I'm usually gone 10 hours a day. So, I mean, it does have its silver linings in that regard that I've been around them every day now for the last six months. That has never happened before. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's great that you're able to make it work. You oh, know? and I couldn't do it unless we live the way that we live with a multi-generational home and having my parents here. And I mean, truly having that very strong support system day in and day out are your, your support system must be strong. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. We have great, great family. Our, my parents help a ton. Jason's parents help a ton. We have great family and friends. So I'm very, very, very thankful for that. So dress and dwell is now nine years old. You are known throughout the community. <laughs> People will cross that scary bridge <laughs> specifically to just come to dress and dwell. So with that being said, I am <laughs> based on the success of dress and dwell. What do you think is, is next for you? Is there or, or dress and dwell? Oh my goodness. You know, it can change at any time. And I'm, I, I love new, I love new ideas. Um, love creating new stores. I'm not sure another store is in our future. I love having, uh, really spending the time on the one store, but you know, we're still continuing to grow our online business. Um, I'm sure there will be changes, but who knows what's next? You know, I, I'm honestly loving, um, 
spending some time on sort of the social media aspect and bringing in a little bit more of the home decor into Dress and Dwell. You know, we've moved into a new house and we're sort of um, bringing it back to life and making it our own. And I've really enjoyed incorporating the Dress and Dwell home goods. So we're starting to incorporate a little bit more of that. And that's one of the things I do love about what I do is that it is ever changing and it is never the same. Um, you know, fashion is always changing and so is home accessories. So um, I love what I do for the fact that it's always changing. You you do have an ever-changing career. And I mean, that must be fun just watching new fashion trends and watching new interior design trends. I mean, you always have something to figure out every single year. You're right. You're right. And it is, um, yes, it, it, we, I absolutely love going to market. We have not been able to go back to market, um, because of the pandemic and I'm hoping we are able to get there soon. We're, you know, now buying things online and it's definitely a little bit more challenging. Um, and it has, you know, it's ever changing. It has definitely changed the way that we operate our business at the time. Um, so yes, it's a lot of fun and a, very interesting. I will say. You mentioned your house and you guys are slowly bringing it back to life. Did you guys built or bought a historic home? Is that right? We did. We bought a historic home in Louisville and um, it's, you know, sort of our dream. We obviously, my husband loves old antiques and we are really enjoying preserving a part of history. I, I, again, I have not seen your full house because you would not post your entire house online. I see just bits and pieces. And so far, because my husband and I are obsessed with HGTV and shows and we we've built a house in the last two years, but it's truly become something that we just love in general. But I love the fact that you guys have a historic home. (laughs) Oh, thank you. We are um, really enjoying it. We we definitely are. We we find new quirks. Well, that's what I was actually going to ask. Like, have you found anything that has totally caught you off guard in the house? Whether it's a tiny piece of history, or you can't believe this was built this way, or a random staircase, or (laughs) I mean, I feel like in old homes, the architecture is just so much more than it is in new homes. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. You know, we're finding some really cool things, some not so cool things where, um, you know, my, it's, it's been really neat for the kids to go outside and sort of explore. Um, they have found some, you know, interesting things in the yard. Um, my son found, um, a, what, what do you call it? It's like a, some kind of, um, remnant from a horse stirrup. Oh, wow. Um, so just, you know, like, finding really different things that we, we think that, you know, maybe at one time they might, they might've had like a, um, a place where they threw out their things to be like sort of a trash pile or decomposed things. And we're finding, um, some interesting things. My kids, my son got a metal detector for his birthday and he's enjoying getting up and finding little treasures. And, you know, my husband likes to hide some too and make him believe that found them. they're from the yard, but <laughs> we're, we're having a lot of fun. How yeah. old is the house? Oh gosh. Um, it, they, it's not, 
We're not sure exactly, but it was built in the late 1700s. Oh my goodness. You are in a very historical home. I thought you were going to say maybe the 18, but oh my gosh, the 1700s. Somewhere. Yeah. So it's not, we can't find exactly the date that it was built, but it was somewhere in the late, late 1700s. I'm sure you, you guys are thankful that that's the house you're in in 2020 when you've been stuck at home, because at least you have constant projects, right? <laughs> Oh, you got that right. Yes, yes, we do. And then I'm, you know, really enjoying the whole decorating and finding, you know, new things to make it ours. Do you ever help other people with their interior design of their homes? I know that's not necessarily something Dress and Dwell does, but since that is your background, do you ever help people with that? You know, I do. Um, I help some family and friends as a business at the moment. I don't. It's something I think about and I would like to do. When I first opened Dress and Dwell, I did offer interior design services. But at the time, I didn't have enough employees to keep it going and do it all myself. I think I would love to get back into it. You know, I'm getting ready to go to High Point Furniture Market and I'm around it all the time. So who knows? Maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be my next thing. I love that. That would be, I mean, again, based on seeing your taste, I'm trying to, you love gingham. (laughs) I do. I do love gingham. You love blue and white. I know that that is, I mean, certainly central colors. There's just certain things like, I know that when I see it pop up, I'm like, that's Amanda right there. I do. I love a mix of um, traditional antiques and I like to throw in some modern as Ooh. well. So, and I, you know what I say is my like style is sort of ever changing. I'll, you know, um, it's sort of like fashion. I really honestly like a lot of different styles. Um, so, like with Dress and Dwell, we carry so many different styles. We have, um, you know, and it's kind of whatever, like the, what is trending at the time. I know like several years ago, mint was the color of the season and now it's, um, light blue. And so it's just sort of, it's, it's my style is like ever changing. And I don't like to say I'm only one thing because I really do enjoy a mix. I I worked for an interior designer in Chicago. Um, her name was Julia Buckingham and she wrote a book called modern ink. Um, which is combining combining modern with antiques. And I really, really like the mix of both. So if we were to find you, let's just say on a Sunday afternoon in your happy place, like what is your go-to relaxation? This is my happy place. Oh, I don't know how to relax. I'll be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Um, it is probably, you know, yesterday I spent a lot of time decorating, um, with, uh, decorating for fall. So creating little vignettes and I have uh, come to love, um, photography and taking pictures. So you would find me just getting really geeky on, um, taking some pictures of little vignettes that I create, um, and having a ball. Maybe, maybe having a glass of wine with it. Too. You know what, though, that counts as a happy place. I'm not very good at relaxing either. I'm pretty sure the only time you'll find me just laying in bed means I'm sick. Like that is the only time that ever happens because I don't sit still well. <laughs> so, well, you, 
I I can see that and I am exactly the same. My way. mind races too much and this sounds terrible. Um, but if I sit still too long, sometimes that's when my mind will get away from me. So keeping my hands busy, keeping my brain busy is typically how I feel better. I agree. And you know what? I think I feed off of busy chaos sometimes, <laughs> which sounds just crazy, but I love um, packing in as much as I can. Well, and I think that's been one of the hardest parts for me in 2020 is that I came off of maternity leave, was back for six weeks, and then went back in lockdown. And I mean, I'm used to being a person that's hustling and bustling all the time around people 24-7. And now... I barely leave my house once a week for six months. And if you tack on maternity leave nine months, that is a long time. (laughs) I'm not. Oh my gosh. I think you are ready to get back to the office where you found a new, uh, a new way to work. I do love it. And honestly, so many people have learned so many more skills Mm -hmm. in the year of 2020, at least technologically speaking, because when everything first happened in March, I feel like everyone thought, Oh, it's only going to be like two weeks and we'll be back. No one thought we'd be heading into month seven. So Everyone just had to learn and change and adapt and push themselves because there was no other option. I mean, I look at Dress and Dwell. You had to completely change how you did your business overnight. You're right. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of you learn from these these times. I'm sure there's a lot of new businesses that have come uh, from the pandemic, uh, because there's new things, new ways of operating business and new needs that people have. And, you know, I know we've definitely made changes. I've made personal changes. Um, and yeah, I'm sure, you know, I know we have all definitely learned from this time and it's not all bad. It's not, no, I mean, I remember at one point, um, early on, I checked in with you just to check on dress and dwell because I have a lot of friends that are local business owners, owners in new Albany. And I was concerned about all you guys. And so far everyone is still kicking, (laughs) has changed their way they do some of their business. I mean, I, I've certainly, you've had more athleisure in the store. I've noticed you had more workout clothes in there in general, but I mean, curbside pickup and all of these other things, beefing up the online portions of things. I mean, people have changed and adapted. And I mean, I remember when the lockdown first got lifted in May, you guys were one of my first stops because I had gotten a gift card for Mother's Day. And I went in there and I was so excited because I was like, it was the first store I had been in and no joke, like three months at the time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you so much for being our first stop. I I do remember and checking in on us. And that was so kind of you. It was a crazy, crazy dark time, I think, for all of us. But hey, we're we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel, right? And you know what? I think a light at the end of the tunnel and just again, as opposed to at first when everyone was in shock and how do we do this? We know how to do it now. So I feel like there's less of a break in the system because we know how to keep moving and or in a lot of us are moving with a lot less staff or staff that's carrying more work because you've had to change the way you're doing things. But either, either way, I think we've all become much more multifaceted to be able to do anything. So as I sit here in my PJs, um, doing a podcast, <laughs> but I'm so glad that you are doing well. And I love watching you and your family on social media. Your family is absolutely adorable, by the way. And oh, thank you. You well. I <laughs> I, Thank you for pre- one thing that is, has, is really neat about the community of Instagram is the, that you get to keep up with everyone. And you, you know, I've honestly met 
several people through Instagram as well. It's Oh, I it's a, a really yes, I totally agree with that. I have friends that they're like, How did you meet? And I'm like, honestly, through Instagram. I we just it started with just know, commenting back and forth. And then it became it turned into more of a friendship. Like for instance, I know you, you and I both know her, Danielle from Lou What Where. She was a person that Absolutely. I would just bounce back and forth with on Instagram and we would always answer each other. And now her and I, she was on my podcast a few weeks ago and now and her and I chat even more and I feel that much closer to her. And that relationship is simply stemmed from back and forth on Instagram. Isn't that wild? It really is neat. It is neat. It's also weird. The first time you actually see them in person, it's like, Hey, and you like reference your handle. Like I'm Sarah Jordan FM. Do you remember? We don't go back and oh, forth. You are so funny. You are so right. That is really funny. That happened to me. It was obviously not this year's Derby, but the last year. I remember at one point I looked around the room that I was at during Ad Fed Day at the track, the Wednesday of uh, Derby Week, and I was like, I've never met this entire table of people in person, but I know all of them on Instagram. And I walked over, and we all had this very funny conversation about the fact that we all only know each other through social media. So we were finally, I guess, putting a face to the name, but really a person to the the name. <laughs> It's so crazy because year, you know, years ago that would have been so weird, so weird. too. But now that's just normal. <laughs> yeah, so normal. Well, Amanda, I wish you nothing but the most success, and I cannot wait until I can get dressed in pretty things from Dress and Dwell again and have a place to go because you are always one of my go-to's. Oh, girl, you know where to find me. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. I really, really appreciate. And I love that you've created this podcast. It's really a great thing for the women of our community. Thank mm-hmm. you.